Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. Hello and welcome to the 83rd episode of the Successful Mentalist Podcast. My name's Ashley Green, I'm joined by Aidan O'Sullivan and technically Aidan, we've actually done over 100 episodes if you include the Just a Tip episodes that we launch in the middle of the week, but for the main long episodes, 83. Madness, we've been doing this for what feels like donkey's years but actually only goes back to 2020. But crikey, we're in this for the long haul and we've got so many, many past episodes on a variety of different topics. It's awesome. But what are we talking about today? Well, last year, actually, we spoke uh, around this sort of time, this festive time. We spoke about themed shows and the topical shows and stuff, because a lot of entertainers go fall down the trap of doing customised Christmas shows where everybody has customised tricks and you've got your customised deck of cards or you turn up in your elf costume or, or with your, your Christmassy bow tie or just something that's a bit cheesy as heck and not very good. Um, long story short, that's probably not a great option. If you want to find out more of our thoughts, jump back over to our previous episodes last year around this sort of time. If you want a shortcut, head over to the successfulmentalist.com forward slash pod list all one word p-o-d-l-i-s-t you'll find a complete list of all of our podcast episodes uh, and you'll be able to find it from there but today uh, we're talking about something else uh, that happens a lot this time of year that's star of the show performances now uh, a couple of weeks ago we shared a little just the tip episode planting the seed on this subject of why star of the show performances ultimately suck why they're not very good uh today we just want to uh, sort of share some thoughts in terms of why they why we don't feel that they're great why they're not particularly the best choice and um and maybe even some of the times that they are a good choice but not necessarily the best choice so um actually with that said let's let's do a quick little recap for anybody who hasn't listened to the just the tip why do star of the show performances ultimately suck because they're damn right cheesy and predictable and in the variety of different situations that you're in they all do various different things but ultimately it comes down to just cheesiness and it's obvious and it just feels bland it doesn't feel like you've put effort into it it almost for me feels like the show's a little bit more predictable and that takes the excitement away from it yeah, it kind of does this whole concept of of rubbing people up the wrong way, and people you, you got to know your audience, and this is where it originally came from. This whole concept of um, star of the show performances uh, not being great. Uh, one of our one of our learn to thrive clients basically um, was asked to do an, a special announcement uh, for the the company director's twenty fifth year at the company that was going to do a big thing about it as part of this uh, like meeting, which which great by all means they go ahead and do, and um, he wanted to put. It as part of a, a random selection in the routine that would just so happen to be that director and at the end of the routine it would be a um a special prediction that also includes a bit about the the, the director now in and of itself like that's a it's a bit of a challenging approach because you do a random selection and it just so happens to be the director who then becomes the star of the show like 
come on guys we got we got to know our audience here and in this case um office politics dictates that most people won't particularly like the directors or the management team there'll just be some gossip behind the scenes it's not a rule it's not a guarantee for everywhere but nine times out of ten there'll be be gossip around the higher management just because that's the culture that we live in and as a result doing this random selection that just so happens to be the director might be great for the director and the management team but it is sucky for everybody else actually in the organization that's at that show now that's just one example of uh of like it maybe being a bit of a poor choice in in corporate and in kids parties it's the same thing you can't do one kid being the absolute star of the show because all the other kids will cry and get jealous and it'll be the worst birthday party or the worst kids party in the world let's not do that so again very cheesy very predictable can turn off your audience and, and create a sour environment but but that's not it at the end of the day this is that's just one aspect of the reason the star of the show performances um suck the, the other thing is that um for, for me anyway is that a lot of people just don't really think much about it and what I mean by that is not that they don't think about how to how to, how it all works, and, and they spend so much time thinking about how to make it deceptive and fooling and stuff, whilst also being the the director and stuff. And ultimately, if it's this one person, the the, the birthday person, or the special persons, uh, or the or the bride and groom, or the randomly selected people on this specific show when it's their event. No amount of deception or magical technique is going to be able to be genuinely fooling for everybody. It's just, it's going to feel a little bit, not not set up. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, actually, but it won't feel like set up, but it'll feel a bit icky. It'll just, it just won't be as impressive, I don't think. I think the problem comes really when people do these performances, like especially at weddings or, or corporates or parties, because they've got someone special and they want to get them involved and they want to showcase them and they, they want it to be fun for that individual. But the main problem comes from it is that's where it's it's left. People just go, well, I'll, I'll do a cool trick with them. For example, in weddings, one of the most common ones we see here I'd be interested in, uh, in what it's like for the rest of the world. But I know in the UK when people do the main moment with the bride and groom where they get them up and it's like, bang, this is the start of the show, big finale. Every magician just does like PK touch to show the connection between the bride and groom. For me, that's cheesy. And it just kind of stops there. Magicians don't, and entertainers and mentalists, you know, with a whole kind of rap here, they don't think enough about the actual performance, enough about the entertainment, enough about the engagement with every single person else in the room. For me, it's the lowest point during the routine because it's not been fought enough like with it. Like the rest of the show can be fantastic, but then it takes this dip because there's less engagement. It doesn't make that much sense. And, and the show isn't constructed in a way it's actually good, actually entertaining, like the rest of the show was. At least that's another thought that's just kind of popped to mind as well. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things. I wouldn't necessarily say it's disengaging for everybody, but it's definitely a different type of engagement. The yeah. the, the, the the feel of the show changes. It's a very different dynamic when you're... And, and again, people do think about it, as we said. Like, I think people think about it, but too much. They think about the trick way too much. So they've got this really beautiful script and they've got this really beautiful routine that's designed really well to get the bride and groom connected and demonstrate their connection. And, uh, and if this sounds like something that you would do... Uh, I hate to I hate to pop or burst the bubble, but uh, there's a significant amount of other entertainers in the world that are doing the same thing, uh, that demonstrate connection and all of that kind of stuff for bride and grooms and, and, and couples in their audiences and stuff. And like, 
I just don't think it. I don't. I don't think people think about it enough at the end of the day. And um, for a lot of people, that's not what they want. It's just not what they want. But yeah, I don't think it's. Um, I don't necessarily think it's uh, a problem for the engagement factor. It's just there's a lot of effort that goes into making that trick and that run routine really, really great. Uh, much so that the focus is all into that trick rather than that trick doing its work outside. It's it's a slightly different switch, but yeah, one that most people just choose the path of, of least resistance and um, overthink the wrong thing, maybe. So here's a question for you then. If you add like in um, in our client's case from, from Learn to Thrive, uh, you had someone approach you saying they wanted a show then, Aiden, and your philosophies on on the star of the show performances, we kind of know loosely by now by what you've said. And, and you, had a, you had someone wanting to book you for a show and they said, can you do this big thing with this person? And you were like, oh, this is going to be a little bit lame. How would you handle it? Like if the person specifically after that, would you just turn them down, say you're not right for them? How would you go about handling that with, you know, a potential client? I, th- I think it needs to be done the right way. Um, and I think the right way is just any way that is pre-framed correctly. Uh, and what we mean by that is doing the thinky work ahead of time to actually be able to set this up in the right way. For example, if this special moment is just in the middle of the show, a random selection to pick this person for this big grand finale thing sucks because of the reasons that we've just suggested. It's like this whole random selection. Yeah, it's the most important person in the room. Now, I'm not about that. That's not my kind of cup of tea. Uh, but actually pre-framing it as like something fun. Yes, we can do something fun. Like there's a great example of this. Um, uh, I know that Luke Jamay has got some work on this. I know that Colin Cloud has spoken about this and, and, and before. And I think he even used this in some stage shows for quite a while. But like uh, actually introducing the director or something with like giant cardboard boxes, actually they're like um, fridge freezer style tall boxes. And uh, the audience just picks a box performer then picks up a sledgehammer just smashes that box to pieces um, and then the director's in the other one like as a great start or an opening to an actual show it, it's clever because it's not expected and we've pre-framed it differently it's just hey pick a box not ah director come and join us for this big special um shoe polishing thing it's it's, it's just the pre-frame is different the approach is very very different we're playing it discreet rather than all about this one person or, or, or all about making the, the, that one person feel special or amazing or anything like that. This links in a lot what we said last year when we when we was doing a podcast last year on on theme shows our, our thoughts were people just kind of push it over and over and over and there's there's too much there's too much cheese yes you can have too much cheese a little bit can sometimes be funny you know a little bit comical you can play it well but sometimes you just have so much cheese it's an ultimate cheese fest too much magic too much elf is <laughs> especially in these uh, in this Christmas theme shows and um, we slammed that and we went actually it's best being a little bit more reserved with it maybe some subtle little things in that is all you need and the thing is with these star of the show performances the advice from what we've just heard there is kind of the same thing right yeah i mean kind of it's just it's putting the attention on the right stuff not the 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 what you think will be great and what your audience will think will be. yeah yeah that's that's the dynamic isn't it at the end of the day like if we are really good um magicians mind readers whatever you want to call ourselves our job ultimately is not to do tricks our job is to if you want to really boil it down 
fool people. And how do we fool people? We know what they're going to think and we understand the way they think and we understand a little bit about them enough to be able to hide in the blind spots and do things that they aren't expecting. That's it at its fundamental core, whether we're a magician doing sleight of hand or we're a mind reader doing um, billet peaks or, or anything near and far between. Our ultimate job is to fool our audience by understanding what they know and hiding outside of that through our methods, etc., etc., And... In, in performance mode, it's the, it's, it's the same thing in these situations. We have to be able to understand what our audience is likely to want and likely to think so that we can then either write shows that fit around that or or, or write routines that, that, that still appeal to our audience. Because the worst thing that you can do in uh, especially a festive show, oh my gosh, like a, a happy celebrate, everyone get to, be, to get together put the feet up hang out and then suddenly it's all hail the boss or all hail team management or all hail this specific person that's organized it it's the easiest way to basically turn half of your room from engaged to utterly dissatisfied um literally just by the context of that piece like i've I've been there i've done it i've fluffed it up we'll probably never do that again just because it's not it's not worth it. Um, you'd rather keep people all on your side by knowing what they're likely to expect and want and then giving that to them. Um, if, the, if that makes sense. I went on a couple of tangents there. Probably didn't even answer your question or your comment. Um, <laughs> don't even care. Don't even care. Tangents are the best things because that's where uh, little interesting facts come up. I think we um, we kind of uh, cracked this when we we done um, one of our, our videos in, in the Learn to Thrive course. We was looking at kind of exploring are the principles behind kind of how to build up shows and build up uh, tricks and, and your routines. And, and it all starts from like that bigger vision, kind of looking at what is the overall kind of purpose of what you're doing. You know, when you understand that purpose, then you can backtrack it. And, and this is a problem I see. And this is why I think some things become too cheesy or a little bit cliches, which it can be when you've got like the director up doing a trick or you've got the bride and groom doing a trick or the birthday boy doing a trick. It's a little bit cliche, a little bit kind of you can see where it's going. And, and that's my problem with these styles of performances. You can kind of see where it's going ahead of time. By the time the trick starts, you can kind of get a gauge or an understanding of, okay, this might be what's going to happen here. And, and that, that really annoys me. And and one of the, I think, the easiest things of getting out of that is getting out of the mindset that most magicians just kind of have themselves in. What tricks would be cool? What will go together? What will this audience like? That's kind of as far as most magicians go, just piecing together tricks. Some magicians go a little bit further than that and go, okay, let's look at my character. What tricks would my character do? Let's piece that into a show. And they take it a step beyond. But if you really want to advance this and go further, like what is the actual point? What is the purpose of you doing this thing? What is the purpose of you being at this event, whatever it is, whether it's a party or, or the uh, annual general meeting of, of a company or a wedding? Like, what is the purpose? What is the point of you doing this? Like, what do you want people to feel? What do you want people to experience overall? And when you can start to piece that together, then you can backtrack, then you can start putting in like the plots and the premises and, and going from there and actually developing a show which has more of an impact, which is going to leave a greater impression at the event, on the people at the event and the people who are booking you and the important people there overall you don't just want to be oh that was cool oh he did get me involved which was really nice oh she she brought me up and then yeah yeah cut me in half because it was my birthday 
what's the point of that? Like, actually, if you think about it, what is the actual point? If you look kind of holistically and you look at this bigger vision and start to backtrack it from there, you can create such a more profound and beautiful experience and start to achieve something which will leave people talking about it for longer because it's an actual show, an actual performance rather than just a bunch of tricks. Again, this is something which we started talking about very early on in the podcast, like looking at the bigger vision. What is the point of you performing? And when you can understand that, that is one easy way to stop everything becoming a little bit cliche, a little bit boring, a little bit predictable and a little bit too much cheesy. Yeah, it really, you mentioned a few things there that are particularly prominent, like that trick focus nature a huge problem huge problem it's it's so easy to think right okay um we'll use the example of a wedding because this is something my this is an actual approach that i've had to shift as a result of this um and, and and in fact you know what i wasn't going to but i will tell you how i'm going how i'm going about wedding shows in future just as a, it's a very subtle change um but i think everyone will resonate with it now uh, say weddings in this situation like you have to know your who your audience are and everybody here is celebrating uh, a, a wedding which is great bride and groom or, or not necessarily just bride and groom but the couple themselves um they're, they're, they've got married they're celebrating great the whole day is attention on them every bit of it is attention on them would they like a bonus bit more attention up, upon all of the attention that they've got that day or would they like a bit of time where they can actually not have the spotlight for a little while and actually just sit back, relax, recover, enjoy a little bit of an experience and let the guests have something else that they can also be a part of? Do they want to be the, the stars of the show, do the PK touches across the room or do, do they want to be doing the, the big finale or do they just want to sit and experience it? You've got to know your audience at this point. And nine times out of 10, I've, I've just speaking to past clients, couples and, and, and that aren't even clients. A lot of times they just want to just chill out for a bit. They're, they're, you're there to entertain them, not to not to get them involved and get them doing stuff. And that's a very important difference. Like we're not there to to to, I don't know, put them on a pedestal even more so than the one they're already on. But at the same time, it's like, we have to know what they want, but we ultimately have to know that purpose of what it is that we're doing. In this case, the show that, that I was doing was was back when I when I wasn't really thinking about it. The the show, the whole aim was just to show off and help celebrate the bride and the groom. And I was doing that pedestal stuff. I was putting them on that pedestal to make them think, yeah, they're amazing and stuff. And then I had the questions. I realized that actually that's not particularly what they want everything changed now what's the purpose of it it's to entertain the blooming guests that's why i've been booked in the first place it's not to entertain the bride and the groom and make them look amazing i've been there to entertain the guests so that switch that purpose of the entire show is just subtly shifted and now it's taken from doing this uh either i, I didn't do pk touch routines but for the sake of continuity um just to chip from... in i used to when i was younger that was oh, you that was absolute cheese creme de la creme of the show i was one of them magicians that also i'd done that as well <laughs> oh god in that case bad actually um no but i did in, in fairness i did like um uh it's, it's a routine that, um yeah i'm not gonna go to the depth of it but basically they they think of the same piece of information despite it being wildly improbable uh, that that could have ever happened uh, and it was like a really big moment there that was like oh my god that was amazing and there was predictions and all sorts of other fancy stuff it was it was cool 
but it sucked because it just for the reasons that we've just explained and the subtle change now is like this these shows and stuff they, these wedding shows and stuff that i'm offering they're not put the bride and groom on a pedestal it's make the guests look awesome and the easiest way that i've, I've found to do that i mean i'm yet to go and do it so by all means stop me if if you don't think it's a good idea and i think this is the first time that we've actually spoken about this um but it's been on my mind for a while now. Uh, basically, it's a variation on the Q&A Act in which the entire guest, everyone in attendance, writes their favourite memory of the bride and or the groom. As a result, it all sealed envelopes and stuff. And what the bride and the groom... Their job is to, to hand me an envelope. Or the envelope is in front of them. Or they don't even have to do that. But the point there is that we get to have a laugh about everybody together, but it's not about the bride and the groom. It's about the guest's experience with them. And that's where the attention is. The attention is connecting everybody together. Everyone's having fun. Everyone's entertained because of silly memories, all sorts of stuff that the, the guests have got. It's like that. It's a subtle shift, but it's changed the entire dynamic of the show. It's changed the entire dynamic of the stuff. And it's actually a bit more beneficial. It's a bit more relevant than just here are some card tricks. Here is, uh, was your word banana? If you check the, the number backwards... It's the date. Like I, I know that you you do that. You still do that? Uh, I do, but I have a nicer premise for it now, and it's more of one of those things. It just so happens to be here, and this is the thing. When I when I done that, I used to have my show as PK Touch, and then I'd predict the date. And now I've moved away from that because my entire shows were literally with the bride and groom up on stage, and ah, uh, the moment I shifted to having it more kind of a regular show focused and yeah i still have today's date predicted um this is something that i do outside of uh of theme shows uh, i just do in regular shows anyway um because it it just plays a storm in the 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 way that i present it um so i kept it in the wedding shows because it works um at least for me anyway the moment I went from that shift, Aiden, to, to take the bride and groom away from just being on stage 24-7 doing something because it's all about them, and they actually sat down, I started getting better feedback from them saying, hey, I really enjoyed this. I started getting better feedback from the guests, and I was able to get more people involved, and I actually had more fun with it because I got to speak to more people, engage with more people as well. So all around, it was uh, much more beneficial, I found. Well, it's 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 such a different thing. Just that one subtle switch of what's the point? Three words. What's the point? And you you ask that anywhere. Star of the show. You want to do a star of the show, make someone feel special. And we just use weddings as uh, just a, an example here, just because it's a market that we both operate in. And it was the first one that came to my mind a minute ago. So you can you can track and drop this to any other market uh, that you like, wherever there's a star of the show performance. But you want you want to make somebody the star of the show? What's the point? No, oh, well, nine times out of ten, nine times out of ten, you won't get anywhere further than. Um, uh, well I'm trying to think now there's not I can't really go much deeper than just oh because they're to help celebrate that person or to help show off that per like it it really is surface level stuff you can't they like, ask the why five times like use that exercise it's really hard to go anywhere so what's the point truth be told probably isn't yeah I, I do want to play devil's advocate for a second 
And I want to set a hypothetical scenario here, because I think this will be really handy to dig into and explore. Uh, let's move this over to the corporate field, for example, or weddings. Like, yeah, I don't know, let's, let's keep, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Um, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Um, but a client comes to you. They, they booked a magician last year, and the magician did do that. They they got the, the owner of the company involved, and uh, and the person booking you really liked it. They want to get a new magician in. They want to mix it up. They want a bit of variety. Uh, and now they want a psychological wizard. So they've come to Aiden the Wizard, <laughs> for example. <laughs> because why not? That's a, that's a very niche set of search results there. I'm definitely <laughs> popping up first. <laughs> uh, there you go. You found your niche. You've narrowed down, and now you're getting all the geeks come through. Um, yeah. But this is this is what they've want, and they've come through, and they're expecting you to do the same thing. They're expecting you to have the the big finale with the the special director again, or the special management team again, exactly the same as that other magician done it, and you don't do it and then they're disappointed it could very well happen if if they were expecting that and and this got me thinking we need to maybe start having more conversations with our clients ahead of time to bring them into the shows to let us know why we do things in a certain way and to find out what their expectations of the shows are because there might be people out there like i've said that have seen this done in the past and they thought that's cool. That's a cool trick because in their mind, magic is just a bunch of cool tricks. Right? And then they might get disappointed that you didn't do that. And in their mind, that was what they want. So really, I think the the whole aim of what we're doing here, whether it's a theme show or whether it's dealing with like a star of the show, is finding out, one, what the client's expectations for an event are. Have they got any preconceived ideas? And then unpacking from there. Getting rid of those ideas in their mind, which might be unobtainable and just silly and outrageous. One, persuading them not to go with the cliche, boring things that will make an event. And two, going through with maybe what they want and solving their challenges and prevent and uh, presenting them with kind of new opportunities. I think ultimately that is a key message that's going to solve one, a lot of problems for a lot of things, which we haven't covered today, just a lot of things anyway, just speaking to your client. But two is going to let you know about them. It's going to bring you into their world. And if they are expecting something a little bit cliche or cheesy, or maybe they've got a product launch happening, like we mentioned in theme shows a while back, and they're expecting you to produce a big can of Heinz baked beans at the end, you can go, hang on a minute. This isn't going to play well. So it's that communication that we really need to be having a little bit more with our clients rather than just saying, hey, yes, I'm this much for an hour. Yep, book me. I'll come up. We need to actually be talking to people and getting inside their brains. We do it on stage. We need to start doing it behind the scenes and start doing it in business. I do just want to quickly jump in and suggest that product launches are the exception to this rule. Um, Because at the end of the day, if you're there to do a product launch... Are we saying Aiden the Wizard is going to produce big can of Heinz baked beans psychological wizard. wizard bang psychological wizard aid of the wizard will produce a big can of baked beans if he's booked for a product <laughs> launch on a new type of baked beans and because that, that's kind of see. the job uh, I, I want to we'll see make it happen there you go there you go I'm going to do a show oh. and that is going to be my new finale um, doves flying everywhere glitter bombs and then you're going to finish with the old like snowflakes you know like the the, the ripped up paper and then there's snow all over but it's, it's just not beans. snow it's, it's just, just beans. It's just beans just raining from the ceiling and you're there like yeah best project launch in the world yeah. there you go all that in character a- all in character there's a psychological premise o- over the top of it <laughs> I'm not the star of the show tonight it's the beans <laughs> it's these miraculous low fat high energy 
beans. And they stop firing. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know where that's that took, but uh, that's wow. A but uh, yes, the point there being that product launches are the exception to the rule because the product kind of has to be the star of the show in that sense. But we're talking people here, not things um, for the most part. Um, yeah, uh, there was uh, there was a point. But yeah, that came talking to, mind to people, that. talking to people, Talk, communicating people, with people. Communic- not about the baked beans, but I'm so distracted by the beans. <laughs> the bean um, launch, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, we're bringing so that weird. to our um, to our touring show. That's how Aiden will finish every night, revealing a new can of different baked beans. Anyway, but no, Ultimate I was saying about <laughs> I was saying more about kind of like talking to your client, understanding their wants and needs and expectations beforehand to get inside their their head. Yeah. So um, here's the thing. Uh, if somebody came to me asking for that kind of stuff, they wanted a star of the show style performance. Um, it goes back to the thing we said right at the start in terms of how you pre-frame the situation, uh, except now it's just pre-framing before you've even booked the show. Like we spoke earlier about pre-framing the routine in terms of what is the point in the routine. Um is it going to be obvious or is it going to be a more discreet or a more subtle uh, star of the show style thing? Uh, but it comes now even bigger. Like somebody wants that. And it's not really something that I do. It's not my gig. They want a psychological wizard to go and do um, a star of the show performance for this corporate director, and I don't do it. I'm not the right psychological wizard. It's like that's their trade-off. They have to find somebody who can do the star of the show thing, or they can find me as the psychological wizard. Um, you wait, there'll be a hundred psychological wizards in the UK now, all over the world. There'll be wow. millions of us. Um, there we are. But but that's the point. It's like it's the ultimate the ultimate realization. Like. If, if you know what your client actually wants, you can give it to them or not, as the case may be. Um, I would, I would, if somebody was insistent on that and they weren't open to the flexibility of like, like as we spoke earlier, the pre-framing it so it's a bit more subtle and a bit less cliche or a bit less cheesy, then if they weren't open to that option, I, I'm just not right for them. And, and they can pay me uh, as much as they absolutely like. It's just not my cup of tea it's not my thing and i would i'd move on and and push push the gig maybe to somebody else that i know that is happy to do that um but yeah perfect answer it's a perfect answer this is all about being more essential with the way you perform you know you understand your act you understand your offer you understand your product you know what you're supposed to be offering to your client and it's like you're not going to do it because one you're not going to enjoy it and two that's not your product it's not in suiting with what you do you're going off rails you're going off into some other tangent elsewhere and that has a negative knock-on effect you're not performing the shows that you actually want to be doing the ones which you're good at and the ones that you wholeheartedly believe in you know when people come to me and they say these crazy ideas it's my job to follow through with and and to bring this back into corporate for example the amount of people that the say to me in the corporate world because they've had magicians in the past before this is the exact same thing performing during the meal and i'm like no you've got to be prepared as an entertainer to say no just because other magicians have done something doesn't mean i do it well doesn't mean i believe in it i think entertainment during the meal is awful the same as we think star of the show performances <laughs> a little bit cheesy a little bit weird so we've got to be prepared to say no and say hey what i can do is this what i will do is this here's the things which i think we can do here's the things which i would change here's the things that i could do better and then let them know they're either going to say yes or no if they say yes fantastic if they say no exactly as Aiden said you've just taken a gig away which you're not going to enjoy you can refer it to a friend or someone else that's more comfortable like i do this all the time this i think this is a problem with magicians magicians are too 
open to just kind of being yes 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 i'll do anything and this is where the theme shows the star of the show performances come from i think as well was another problem they're just kind of like yep i'll do that because it pays the bills and they're not essential enough with all they're performing yeah i think it, uh the, the the big thing here is like I, I was just, I went out for a walk yesterday. Um, nice long walk. Listened to a couple of very episodes of uh, the Tim Ferriss Show po- podcast. Another great podcast. I saw with um, uh, with um, the singer that you don't see her face. Saw in your yeah. Instagram story. Um, yeah, yeah, that was that one. Uh, that was actually the one just before the one I listened to, and I'm mentioning now. So fun fact: that was actually genuinely fantabulous. Uh, that's a word that I've just absolutely not totally made up or something there that's that's not a word i was supposed to be using anyway tim ferris talking to sia great episode but that's not the one i'm after the one i'm after is actually an interview with gary keller the co-author of the one thing book and um they were talking in this context about uh, managing time and taking meetings with people and stuff and they was talking about how to protect your time and actually protect the 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 time for your most important one things and the things that you you are you value the most uh, and they spoke quite heavily about how to say no the, uh, elegantly in the right way and because there's a few people that are listening to this and because we're mind readers we know this actually there'll be a few people listening to this that'll think oh yeah but maybe if i really like the client or i really want the gig or, or this that and the other I'll, ju- I'll just say yes um but the truth is like if you you take the exact phrasing that they spoke about in that episode in terms of time management i'm just going to say that and then i think you'll be able to piece the dots but in the case of time management i'm so sorry if i say yes to you then i'll have to say yes to everyone so as a result by default i'm gonna have to say no right now if i say yes to just doing this star of the show thing to you right now and just doing it because because you want the gig or because it's a thing if i say yes to you right now i'm gonna to have to say yes to everybody for the sake of uh, a fair run business or perhaps somebody in the room wants to book you a year later and they said oh but you did it last year for this kind of event now you're in a tricky position you need rules to go by through your entertainment business and perhaps this is one of them do you do star of the show performances yes no set it forget it it's your call we're not trying to force an agenda here we're just sharing some philosophies but in the case of that time management, if I say yes to you, I have to say yes to everybody. And I just don't have the capacity to do that or don't have the desire to do that. So unfortunately, it's just a blanket no right now. It's a simple way to simple way to enforce your rules. And um, yeah, same thing comes into here. So even if you do kind of want it or you feel kind of up for it, just remember it. It will have its knock-on effect because one yes is then potentially another yes and then another yes becomes another two yeses and then another two yeses become five yeses and suddenly uh, every single one of your shows is something that's unfulfilling you're constantly chasing the wrong gigs and you live uh, an unsatisfied life in entertainment which is not what we want no we are that's it. You've got to start being more essential with the things that you actually do. Um, here's something which I'd love to get your opinions on now, Adam. We've mentioned our views that we we don't like particularly the star of the show style performances. We've mentioned a couple of things of what to do when a client comes to you and say, hey, I specifically want this and this and this, how to kind of handle it, when to say yes, when to say no. And we've spoken a little bit about essentialism here. Let me tell you about one of the things I was planning for one of my clients, and you can be openly honest on the podcast in the clients in the public domain, because I'd love to get your insights on um, on what this is. Um, so a client came to me, and they were really struggling to uh, do their speech um, at a, at a wedding. Um, they're really struggling to do their speech, and they went, "I can't do it." 
I'm going to have to have it pre-recorded. And we know the uh, the groom's speech is kind of like a big deal at a wedding. And to have it pre-recorded, it seems a bit like awkward for the groom. Everyone's got to watch it when everyone else is doing their speeches live. It just felt off and felt weird. So as a solution, we decided to tie that into a... Um, a performance and the way the show was going to end throughout their speech there was little references um naturally which is going to pop up through a speech about the uh, the bride and groom and how they met and it just so happened that those various things that they mentioned were also things that people randomly thought of during the show and then at the end of the speech it would be like, oh, did you men- Did you see it, by the way? Did you hear it? And then it was tied together and at the end, and then it would place the individual like clips. And then on the back of like the uh, the football team that he runs locally, there was a prediction on the back of all of their shirts with uh, the the uh, uh, today's date, because <laughs> that's another thing that I do. Um, but the whole kind of purpose there was it was done to give more justification to why the speech was recorded so rather than just being a it's recorded it's a little bit awkward everyone looks at him as a bit like why don't you just do it live it gives justification to do that and then it flows perfectly in so it's like the show doesn't finish it flows perfectly into the speech then it looks fine that's kind of the style of how i had planned it with him to finish and I want to leave that to you because it's a similar sort of concept, right? Start of the show and now you've got like the groom finishing the show in that style. I'm going to leave this in your court. What are your thoughts? Open think, and honest. Here we go. Drum yeah. roll plays, everyone. Is he going to slam it? Is he going to like awful. it? Or is he going to say, Absolutely. bloody hell, man, you've let yourself go in recent months. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, look, here's the thing at the end of the day. Um, you, you, I think you you answered the question before you even started the question uh, and that's the 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 groom that like like the groom's speech is a very important part of natural like typical traditional wedding procedures you're not adding a star of the show into that because it's already implicit it's already a thing for these weddings what you're actually doing is just helping them uh, you're making it a bit more unique in the way it's delivered and and yes you might be bolting that to the end of a performance or you might be able to just weave it into a performance i think that's to be fair quite a clever approach uh, especially given the circumstances in terms of the person not not really feeling comfortable to deliver it live now, i don't think that that's particularly star of the showy because it's not you're not putting them on an absolute plinth to be like look at them look how amazing they are look at them the connection is amazing it's like a oh it's, it's like it is that that preframe of it's much more subtle even though it's quite a blatant set of reveals there it's, it's much more subtle in the way that it's delivered um truth yeah truth be told I, I because you're not adding and making a big old deal out of something that isn't usually there i don't think it's a problem um but just because it's oh, yeah. part of the normal runnings i actually oh, think yeah. that sounds quite it does sound quite a lot uh like ott at weddings but at the same time in the situation I think it might play quite well. Well, this is one of the things, you know, we're big advocates of um, trying to solve as many challenges as we can for the client because we make ourselves more valuable. And this was a big challenge for them. And I was like, yeah, I can solve this. And I think you've you've hit the nail on the head there. You know, whether you want to do something that isn't star of the show, whether you want to have a theme or whether you want to have a star of the show, blah, 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 whatever you're doing, I think the subtle approach can often be best. And I think that's what's going to play well. If there is something that you really want to do, 
play it sat like subtly in there. Like we mentioned to Arise, like with getting the uh, the director involved, um, we we said, hey, you know, maybe a more subtler approach would be good because the management team will be able to see it one way and the regular employees will just be able to enjoy it for what it is, just a, a magic show with some tricks. It's ultimate dual reality at the end of the yeah. day. Um, and just for, for absolute, we're not going to go into the depths of it now, but just dual reality is perhaps my favourite tool in magic and mentalism right now. Um, in this situation, star of the show performances, having a, a, a subtle but uh, yet prominent dual reality approach to your performance, like we just mentioned there, genius. Dual reality in and of itself, as a method, as, a, as an approach, genius in fact we've even seen some people that you guys will definitely if you've been especially if you've been long-term listeners to the podcast be familiar with um we know some email marketers that are very clever at using dual reality in order to actually run email campaigns and stuff it's such a profound technique and and that subtle approach uh that less is more that let's let's do this like less but better not just less is more um yeah, it's really, really profound. And I think in especially in the world of Star of the Show performances, it's um yeah, something that we need to we need to think about a little bit more. Um there we are. Well, big thoughts. So to pass it back to you, Aiden, then to wrap up, what is the uh, the main kind of key lessons we can take from today's episode with everything that we've covered? Because we've covered covered a lot. A lot of ground, a few little tangents, a few little things off point. We've brought it back and a few little topics within which we didn't think were going to come up, but did come up surprisingly. So how would you round this episode up with kind of like what we've discussed and what we've learned today? I think ultimately star of the show performances, they can come across cliche, cheesy and a little OTT. The, the the decision that is it like we've done our job now when it comes down to all of this stuff like we've said our thoughts we've shared our philosophies we've given some examples of uh, both real life and some theoretical examples it's up to you guys the listeners now to actually take action on this and you can sit and listen and think yeah that's cool this is this conversation is now going to linger in the back of your mind until like until the day that you're about to do a star of the show performance and then it'll all come back up and like oh my god i don't really like doing this oh then it'll be weird so make your decision now create your actions now what first of all star of the show performances do you like them? Do you not? Yes, no. Make that rule. Run it in your entertainment business. Effective immediately. In fact, I'm going to pause for five seconds and help you make your decision. So hopefully you've made a decision right now. Star of the show performances, yes or no. Now you know how you're going to run your entertainment business. If these situations come up, you know how you're prepared. Do you want to do it? Do you not? Ultimately, it's up to you. The choice is in your court. Um, yeah, I I, th- I think that's the biggest thing. Like we've said a lot. I don't want to just recap the same stuff because we want people to actually implement, use this this philosophy, use this approach. And if you are doing uh, Christmas shows and it's all star of the showy kind of stuff, maybe mix it up. If you're if you're if you've never done one, maybe try one and see how it uh, how it feels. And if you only do those, try one without. See how it feels. Play it up. Explore. Do your thing. Um, yeah. Great advice to finish on. Mix it up. Try different things because, you know, trying different things constantly over and over. It's the greatest way to learn something new. It's the greatest way to test new performances, new styles of entertainment. And that's where the growth can happen. And we are. Wonderful little topic to end on. Anything you'd like to say before we wrap up? 
No, I, I would just like to say how wonderful you've been. I think you've been the real star of the show in this conversation today with great questions. Don't say I have. That, I have. Just, I have. that ladies and gentlemen, is the point of this episode. You I've, point I've the great. star of the show and the star of the show says, yeah, and owns it. That is the wrong approach. And do you know why I've been so great today? Because I started this morning off with a wonderful tin of the new Heinz baked beans with the low sugar of the high energy and fortified vitamins and minerals, and they're available today from all retailers. I hope we get a sponsor after this from Heinz. <laughs> I hope we don't. That's going to be the weirdest on the planet. Um, well, there we go. You'll have to tune in next week for, for the next episode of the TSM podcast to find out, have we been sponsored by Beans? We'll see you guys soon. You take care. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Aiden here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. It's called the Magician's Business Group and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside. So to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you straight there or just pull open Facebook and search for the Magician's Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. And we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum, and we'll send you all of the details.